I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickert. And this is Dispatches, Dispatches from, from Fort, Fort Awesome, awesome. <laughs> a news, news radio, radio podcast. podcast. I have no idea if that syncs up at all when I it's finally right. sync it. It's, it's fine. Right. It's okay. <laughs> Our guest this week, I have been waiting so long to speak to her. I am so excited to have you on, Jody Mann, Prop Master for News Radio. Thank you so much for doing the show. It's very nice to finally be here. We've communicated for a really long time. I know. And, you know, like, I was persistent and hopefully not too much so, but it's just because you can tell I'm a prop nerd. Uh, this is This is my stuff. This is my thing. We're finally talking about the thing I want to talk about. Screw those other people, all those actors, well, those that's how writers. I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's all about the props. You know, we don't even have a category in, you know, any award, but it's all about the props. This is so that that's one of the things that drives me out of my friggin' mind. Like I was talking about the other day, stunt people should be getting Oscars and prop people should be up for uh, everything like why is yeah. that whatever whatever it's 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 it's, it's a long discussion but it's it's yeah. a, it, unnecessary exclusion i'm obsessed obviously this is a picture of my my stupid mug my delightful stupid beautiful <laughs> mug it makes me so happy now jody i want to know let's start with how you got involved with news radio and then we'll get into the specifics hi okay so um news okay so i started working with Steen gray on a show called, it was a pilot, it was called A Very Retail Christmas. Okay. And it was a pilot that we did, and it was, I, I, it was a while ago, obviously. And my most embarrassing moment was that I had never met Bernie Brillstein. And this was a show about um, St. Nick and Santa Claus, and in walked Bernie. And I walked up to him, being fairly new in what I did, and I said, oh, my God, you must be playing Santa Claus. I knew it. <laughs> and it was I was mortified. I was completely mortified. And then ensued after that, I did a, a, just a bunch of Brillstein shows. So I did a show called uh, Good Sports with Them. And then Tony Carey brought me in at, for an interview for Larry Sanders. And Tony Carey, when I met him, was a PA going to school at USC when we were doing good sports. And he would come into my office and I would say, go do your homework in my office while we're shooting right now. Like, honest to God. Wow. He brought me in for an interview for Larry Sanders show uh, the second season, starting the second season, and I was there throughout. Because of that, I met Paul Sims. So then when we did the pilot for news radio, then I ended up doing news radio, and I was there the whole time. Yeah. And there's uh, I, my list of things I want to ask you about, uh, and I'm fully aware that it might pop up where it's like, I don't remember that particular thing. But um, I want to know what your philosophy behind um, being a prop prop master is, a prop maker, prop designer. You be, like, There's so much, because you have to relay character, you have to relay story, and you also have to do it usually without people noticing. So I'm wondering what your general philosophy behind it is. Um. That's a great question. Thank you. I hope so. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
first there's it's it's multi-layered honestly the one of the first things i would say is that for those that represent me on set because i'm not always on set sure i i you know and it depending upon the style of the show but like a show like news radio where there was a lot of um rehearsal time and and three days a week it was a very very small group of people it was mm -hmm. I think 10 of us on set you know okay. the cast and then scripty like robert was there and the director but like maybe 10 maybe 15 mm -hmm. and so you become very intimate and close on other types of shows um I, i'm not as visible and not as sure. as well known by the people on stage so so one of the philosophies of, for me for propping is you never say no Okay. So it, it's and I will be in production meetings and somebody will say, oh yeah, well we're going to need a fleet of law. It's like, okay, great, I'll bring you some options. And I have no idea what they're talking about. None. <laughs> None. And 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 it's just sort of that oh, patent answer. Great, I'll bring you some options. You know. Wow. So that's one of my philosophies um, is that you never say no, and you never really, unless you have to cop to the fact that you don't know what they're talking about. Because you can find out. I mean, now it's much easier. Sure. Right. You know, sure. I could be in a meeting. I could be talking to you right now and just go, oh, yes, well, here's 20 options. <laughs> but, you know, and not that I'm like 180, but when I started propping and doing a show, okay, so here's a, like like doing a show like news radio, there was no cell phones. Right. Um, I mean, Jimmy James pulled out a cell phone like in a later Yes, for sure, yeah. Because I watched a couple of episodes this past week so that I could, like, remember stuff, which I didn't remember um, any of the episodes, which was sure. weird. But um, but it's like, so there wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, big access. It wasn't the world it is today. Mm -hmm. And so propping was very hands-on. And it was very, you have to learn how to give really good phone. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you call a place, like, you know, say they wanted... A six foot uh, green and purple tie dye teddy bear, <laughs> and so you start calling places. You know, you don't just go online. You start calling places. Hi, I want to see if you have any teddy bears, but it has to be six foot. And do you have any? With you know, do you have any other fabric? And you really have to learn how to give good foam. Mm -hmm. And then you hopefully, and then you establish these relationships with different places that understand what you want and what you're looking for. Yeah. And then the other part is going and doing your own shopping for me is essential because I might be looking for, uh, you know, a yellow mug, okay, that says, mm -hmm. okay, so like you see, uh, yeah, I think that that's like, that would be really good. Oh, but look, oh my God, I'm going to present this too. <laughs> I'm going to present this as an option because this might be better. I mean, that was like yeah. an example because it was sitting here. Sure. but. That thing, and then the other thing is you do it in, in threes. So when you are presenting um, options for uh, an actor, a director, a producer, whoever is the creative force behind the request. And it could be as simple as a pen. Yeah. Depending upon the person. Right. So you do threes. And for me, it's I do, this is the one that I know is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is the one I like, and I think it could work. And everybody needs to be able to say no to something. So everybody needs to be like, well, that won't work. And you don't <laughs> take it personally. It's like, oh, good. Now mm -hmm. we're engaged. Now we're in dialogue. And now we're in communication. So right. those are the few, like off the top of my head, those are a, a few of the things that I 
do. Well, there's also, there's the whole angle, as somebody who's directed and written myself, there's the whole, in your head, you do think you've got it entirely planned out and figured out, but the second somebody puts something visceral and real in front of you, you were probably faking that 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 you know what you actually want. I think at some point where it's like you you do know what you don't want, and that is why I think it is smart to give them a, a, a you know make sure you give them the, that weird array of options. Like, no, no, right. no, definitely not that. Uh, and then yeah, so it's an interesting. You're not playing a game necessarily, but it is an interesting back and forth you have to do creatively with somebody to make sure that we've all come. We're all coming at it with the same energy, and we're all working towards the same goal. It's a weird. It's a weird ballet, I think, that you well, have to you, play. You just brought up something really interesting, which I never, ever in the whole time thought about, which is I never thought about that you don't really have in mind what you're thinking about wanting. Right. That right. never dawned on me. I always think you're, as a writer, mm -hmm. you're really, really, really clear, mm -hmm. and I'm going to make a mistake. I'm not going to understand right. it right. I'm not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And other than... And if like our industry ever picks up again, this is mm -hmm. something that I will take with me. So I thank you for that. You know, you're, hey, you're welcome. Earlier, <laughs> so um, you know, because in it, it, it's like I always think that I am trying to find this piece of this puzzle that you've assembled before. Right, and I think I've got it, and I do think I have it when I've written it for sure. But I, I know, at least for me, if I'm presented with real world options, all of a sudden I realize that it's it's a different we're, we're we're in a different world all of a sudden and i feel like at least for me i would be now dependent on you to be like oh oh okay well here's what here's clearly what anybody would think of if they read what you just wrote down so it, it, it is an interesting back and right. forth and I'm then sorry, there becomes Anna. a dynamic as time goes by and there becomes a uh, shorthand sure that's so, so then that's the yeah. part when it becomes and there's different you know and it's interesting for me to talk about this now whereas i wonder what I would have said even 15 years ago. You know, mm -hmm. how, when was News Radio on the air? Uh, 95 to 99. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So even, you know, um, we may have a guest here. Sorry. We, <laughs> we, I Sorry about that. Are you coming up? Come on. Sorry. I hope. No, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, a beautiful giant Aww. dog. That's, Banksy, I, Banksy, not your, there you go. There's, this is Banksy. He beautiful. likes to zoom sometimes. And he likes it's just like his picture. Uh -huh, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you Alan, put up a fake picture. He, he uses his real photo. <laughs> uh, I stepped over a question of yours, Alan. What were you going to ask earlier? Oh no, I was say, because uh, I've, I've directed a couple of like, spec pilots and stuff like that. And uh, the one thing that is great about your industry is just sheer fact that there have been many times where something would be in the script and then the prop person would hand it to me like this is what you're looking for right and i would get it and it wasn't what i was looking for but as soon as i saw it I'm like yes mm -hmm. yes it is thank you like <laughs> just better that's, than anything you came up with yeah that's like lovely to know and then that's the part of the shorthand you know there's there's also that um like when you do a pilot like when i did the pilot for news radio mm-hmm I was in a, it was, I knew Paul. I had mm. worked with Paul. So Paul and I had a language, we had a comfort. And also with that comes, you wanna, um, you know, a lot of times when you do a pilot, you, you wanna please, but it's like a long interview. It's yeah. like a two or three week or month long interview. It's kind of an audition. 
you want to do the show if it gets picked up. That's why you're doing a pilot. I mean, I did mm -hmm. like five pilots last year and they all went out of town, you know, and I didn't wow. get to go with any of them. But you do it because you, you, you know, you're everybody's trying everybody on. And then when you do a pilot, like when we did news radio and I knew Paul, um, I knew did Tom Sharonis direct it. Uh, the pilot. the pilot. I don't think so. I think Jimmy. No, it was no. Yeah, yeah. It was. Sorry. Why and, would and I? And yeah. I and I knew Jimmy. Mm -hmm. So so there was that. Um, you wanna you wanna do a good job, but you mm -hmm. wanna do it even better because your heart. You like Paul and I knew each other personally. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we he had parties at his house that we went to. You know, it wasn't there wasn't this hierarchy of, you know, like, oh my God, you're an executive producer and I'm just a prop master, you know, in the Larry Sanders days and the news radio days. We were all in this together. Yeah. And it was it was um I'm not saying it, it doesn't exist now. Um it's just different. It's yeah. just different. And then it was tight. And so doing the pilot for news radio and then you get to establish, like Joe Rogan and I have this joke when I would come up with all of his gadgets. I'd say, you know, I am you. Like, <laughs> you're just being, playing me, <laughs> honestly, because I'm making all this stuff. You're just bringing it in front of the camera. So, you know, um, and then you have like the actor's input and what they want to do. And 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 um, so it, it becomes this, this evolution. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was surprised when I was looking up episodes that that we only had five years with news radio. Right. But that really surprised me because in my memory bank, um, it we got so close and it seemed like it was longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I can understand that. And you did. I mean, how many sitcoms at the time were requiring of you? I mean, the space episode and the Titanic episode alone, that's not a thing other shows were doing. No. I mean, we talk about that a lot, but it, from the perspective of a props person, that's a new challenge. And is it is it is, is it the immediate thinking of you when you get an episode like that, Space or The Sinking Ship? Are you thinking, oh, oh, this is going to be fun. I got a lot of stuff to do. Like, oh, shit, I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> um, you know, ironically, I, I honestly don't remember the Space episode. I remember doing Titanic. I wish I, I wish I would have thought about that because I probably would have watched it and it would have brought some memories back. Maybe I blocked it. I don't know. I, I don't remember it. <laughs> like I could have. Um, I don't remember it, but mm -hmm. I do. You know, it's it's hard for me to go then and now. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fair. You know, and I know that now. Um my reaction to a really real i just did a really really hard pilot at um, the end of the year that was i mean it, it was it was modern day it was uh um flashbacks mm -hmm. it, was, it was the early 2000s it, it had a lot of elements and it was kind of a bear and i i i'm like ooh, this is something i can really sink into now the first few reads of it are usually, ooh, I can get into this. And then mm -hmm. you do your first concept meeting and I come out and, and I'm just like intoxicated with information, queasy, <laughs> sick to my stomach. Oh my God, I'm never gonna, you know, you know I think it's yeah. like, you know, you have like those different phases mm -hmm. and you have that different, those different cycles. But with news radio, um, they did, they definitely, I mean, Paul Sims, he's out of the box. 
Mm-hmm. He just is a guy who thinks, acts, works out of the box. There's no, there's nobody like him. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of like fasten your seatbelt and you go along for the ride knowing that he's at the helm. You know, Titanic, doing something with Titanic is much easier than doing a space thing because mm-hmm. none of us have been to space. Fair, yeah. And, <laughs> and so, you know, and so everybody's concept of what space should be Mm-hmm. is all it's really subjective yeah <laughs> there's i mean i'm trying to think actually what stands out the most from the space episode that might jog your mind i mean other than you yeah, know you know, op- you know uh doors that open star trek style um and a bunch of guns like there are <laughs> there's definitely oh, some yeah. guns oh what am i thinking of you know what actually do i have it in front of me i oh, might have i might have something i can show you might, i mean i don't I, I, I do actually that. have something if it's what, in this What folder. was the concept of it? Like, what was the story? It was yeah, literally just uh, what, what would happen if it took place in space. That was, yep, that's it. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I am, I am, while he's looking for that, I am curious, like, because um, you built this rapport and you, uh, you love what you do. I'm just wondering, how did you get into it, like, in the beginning? What, what, when you, oh, yeah. did you realize, like, this is what I want to do? Oh, okay. Um, so I, um, I'll, I'll give the abbreviated version of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't, I, I wasn't that person ever in life who went, oh yes, I, I'm gonna. I still don't conduct my life like that. <laughs> uh, but um, I went to college. I was in a, I was hit by a car walking when I was 18. Um, when I was a freshman in college. And I, I injured my leg, and um, it was a hit and run. And so, there, I, after medical expenses, and my parents did not ask me to pay for college. They continued to pay for college. So when I graduated from college, I had two thousand dollars, and I was with a friend. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to like travel by myself. Mm-hmm. And I might have had a couple cocktails, and he might have said, let's go buy buy a plane ticket, and I might have just done it. <laughs> so. I I came home from my sister's wedding and my mother said my car seemed like it had a lot of stuff in it and I said yes I'm leaving for Europe next week by myself um, and God bless my mom because she was like I hope you find what you're looking for and I thought I'd be gone about six weeks and eight and a half months later I came back um, wow I it took me a long time to find myself and I came back and was staying with my parents and again did not have any ideas to what I wanted to be when I grew up and I needed another operation on my leg. And in order to do that, I needed to have student status. So I enrolled in West LA College, and I believe I was taking classes in pantomime and oh, wow. real estate. Okay. Big future in pantomime. I'm telling you, wow. and this was after four years of college. Um, wow. And I was staying with my parents, and they were moving, so we were packing their house, their condo, mm-hmm. and and um, I went to the job board there to get a part-time job because my intention was to move back up to Northern California and get out of my parents' house. And I love my parents, but and there was a job like a card, and it said part-time reception receptionist at a place called the Handcraft Group. I didn't even know like how to say those four words. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. hand prop room, hand prop room? Like, like I don't even know what those four <laughs> words mean together. And I thought, okay, 
this this looks fine. Yeah. I borrowed a dress from my mother's friend, Bunny. And the the real reason I went to the interview that day is because if my mother told me one more time how to pack a box of dishes, it wasn't going to go down pretty. And I was like, I can't pack for a while. I got to go to this job interview. I think I'd been back six weeks. I'd, I'd healed from my surgery enough, and I'd been back six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I go down there to this prop house, the hand prop room, and everybody was wearing jeans. Uh, the clientele was 90% men. Seemed really fun. And I think I heard the owner swear. And I thought, oh, I, I could work here. <laughs> and, and they hired me. And of course, they said, we want you to stay for a long time. And of course, I lied and said, oh, yes, I intend to stay forever. <laughs> um, and I was a receptionist for a while. And then they tried to, they tried to, um, get me to go into the accounting department. And I made, I think like $150,000 error. My father's an accountant, so that was like horrible. But I, I'm, that's not my jam. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't fire me. They, they let me stay. And then I ended up, I ended up working at the ham prop room for six and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then I left and um, started, uh, I, I decided I would like start a company called Finders Keepers where I would find hard to find items. Oh, okay. I knew how to do that. <laughs> and I sent these flyers to, to like studios and prop departments and production companies. And, and a guy from KTLA called me and said, would you come over? We have a bunch of stuff we want to get rid of. And I had my Polaroid camera. And his name was Billy Martin. And I went over there and he said, um, I said, well, yeah, I can, like, you know, you can, and I didn't know what I was doing. I go, well, <laughs> you can either, like, you know, I can either, you can tell me how much you want for this item if I help you get rid of it and I can tag on what I want or you can pay me. I, I don't know what I said. <laughs> and three days later he called me and he said, do you want to be a prop master on a show? He goes, it's oh, a game I show. I think it's probably like Jeopardy. What do you need, like chalk and a glass of water? <laughs> I, I had also, you know, like how hard could this be? And I yeah. also worked in theater. So while I was at the ham prop room, I worked for free in Equity Waiver Theater. Wow. I started stage managing. So at least I had, at least I knew what like tape was and, <laughs> and, and you know, um, like a few terms, like, a few lighting things and sound cues, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's, I said, sure, I'll prop a show. And it was a game show called Break the Bank. And I remember I was loading my equipment in at the time. It was like a an old steamer trunk that I had put on wheels. And I, I don't know, it was whatever I strung together to have equipment. And... Um, and I remember uh, I walked on and, you know, my name's Jody and it's spelled with an E. And this guy named Luke came up and he goes, hi, I'm the key grip. And I was like, okay, I'm the prop master. And he goes, really? And I was like, mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, well, would you move that refrigerator? And it was such a, such a weird thing for him to do because mm -hmm. it was... Nobody moves a refrigerator by themselves, no matter what their size, what their gender. Right. It's just stupid. Right. And I did because yeah. I was like, okay, oh, no. uh, like bring it on. Oh. It was so weird. And again, this was such a long time ago and it was such a weird thing. This show ended up being 
like 60 little setups per game. Oh, no, no, 10, no, 10 setups per game, little vignettes and venues, and six shows a day. It was the yeah, okay. hardest thing. Wow. And yeah. it was crazy. And we had like this balloon drop, okay? So it was like called Break the Bank. And then the balloons would all come down. And, and I had a bunch of guys on my crew and everything. And it was crazy time. And, and I, um, there was a lot of balloons on the show, and I sent guys up high to load the balloon rig, and they would load it all. Hello. They would load it all. I'm sorry about him. <laughs> they He's adorable. It's not going to get him down. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. You're fine. So they, we would load it all up high, and I remember we were shooting an episode, and in my, my headset I hear, Jody, drop the balloons, drop the balloons. And they just, like, floated up because my guys had, had not – they loaded it with helium instead of the oh. <laughs> and and I I sat there and it was oh oh my god oh Holy and then I just started laughing because what are you gonna do like this is crazy. and he was a yeller and a screamer and he came down and I was like crying because I was laughing so hard and I said I am so sorry I go I don't even know what to say I go but it's really funny you know. Um, <laughs> So amazingly, I continued to work, and then um, so I started in game sh rock videos, game shows, and then uh, I started doing sitcoms. I did my first. Sit it was like it was you know, think like in the non-union world, it was I was offered a sitcom and I was offered a, a, a like an independent feature at the same time and. It's like, oh, oh, this is a big crossroads. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted um, to have children. And I knew that I loved to travel. So the thought of like going on location instead of vacation, I didn't, it, it didn't sound that magical to me. Mm -hmm. So I started doing TV. And um, I did multicam for a long time, only multicam. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to break into the single cam world and then hour long. And so now I, I have like sort of this, uh, you know, and so literally my parents were moving and that's how I got into propping. I could have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding? No, the healing great. thing that is was, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I, so I did find, um, it's the, this is from the wardrobe binder. I have a few wardrobe binders, uh, a couple I own, a couple I'm borrowing. Um, and, uh, this one is, Supposed to be for Joe Gorelli, the character Joe Gorelli. His wardrobe is a pair of boxers, but what he's in is um, something that. So they're they're in all these um, stasis pods. These 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 giant. Do you remember what it must have taken? I know. I'm sorry. It's so blurry, and it and it's a blurry. No, it's polar. not that blurry. Um, but it's a giant stasis pod with a couple yeah. of you know fluorescent bulbs down the side and big old glass tops. Well, probably plastic. Uh, tops that, that shut shut on everybody, and there was one for what six of them, something like that. Um, wow, so there's a ton of them. That. I'm yeah, gonna that's watch this episode. I know <laughs> I was there. <laughs> See, but... the thing is, like, I I could have recommended a few, and if I'd have thought, I my brain was like, oh, she'll remember the space episode. That's my bad for assuming that you would. But you worked on a lot of stuff, so well, one would think I would remember it. Well... <laughs> it sounds pretty monumental, but apparently not. What season was? That is season end of season three. End of season three is that, then end of season four is Titanic, and yeah. then you know season five is uh, so much, so much different. Um, I watched I, I, like the first. I, I wanted to watch the first episode of season five, and I yeah, yeah. 
you, yeah, you know, that was, mo most it, people won't. Most people won't rewatch it. Understandably. I, I, that's why I wanted to watch that one. Yeah. What's it? What's it like reliving that? I mean, my, I, it's not a prop-heavy episode except for some sheets of paper that get passed around. But what's the emotionality it, what's it like? of it. Well, yeah. I, it was when they were reading their letters. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, we all had a really hard time getting through. I, I bet. I cannot imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine. And I, and and I, I remember. Um. We were sitting on the. Oh, it was our first run through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know the the schedule in a sitcom, right? Where where roughly, yeah. Uh, so you know, you get a script, you put it on its feet the first day, and then the uh, the second day, you you block it all out like a theater piece, and then the producers and the writers come down. And they do an A to Z run through like a play and you run mm -hmm. through the whole thing. Then you get notes and changes that night and then it goes the next day and then you start shooting. Um, but I think I'm, I was remembering the first run through and uh, the, the emotionality of it still, it, it was, it was, and it was, Paul did such a good job in, um, in putting forth, Phil's voice mm -hmm. in in that episode. Uh, it was amazing. And, you know, we were so... That was the other part when, that I was surprised when you said it was only five years. And when I was mm -hmm. looking for episodes last night, I was like, wow, it was only, it was only that many episodes, that many seasons? Because, um, you know, we were... We were so close yeah. as, as a as a collective cast and crew. I mean, it was, you know, we would have dinner together, we would have drinks after we shot every night. Mm -hmm. You know, our joke was, you know, what did you do this summer? And this one would get married, this one got divorced, this one went to rehab, this one had a baby, mm -hmm. you know, this one. And I, um, for a time, I, I was living with someone and he happened to be a really bad alcoholic. Oof. And I remember one night Phil and I were having dinner. This must have been an episode before we were shooting one night. Because, you know, Jody, you seem really, really down. What's going on? And I just started crying. And I just said, you know, it's really hard. So what's going on with John? He's on a bad binge. And he knew John because we were all close. And he had said to me, um, you know, you have a choice. You, if you're going to stay with an addict, you have a choice. And they wake up different than you do. You wake up, you're ready to get out of bed, you start your day. He said, there's a whole protocol that they need to go through in order to get out of bed. And you have to make a decision of whether or not you're okay to live with that. Wow. And wow. he died two years later. Yeah. Whew. So it's, there's a real, I have a huge, huge soft, soft spot for Phil. Of course. Because of that conversation. Yeah. And it changed my life because a month later, I moved out. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's a strong decision to make, but also like strong piece of advice because some people aren't always willing to give that kind of advice if they well, are living. With I brought care. that up because to, to just um, as an example of how close we were. Yeah. And it wasn't just like Phil and I and everybody else was off to the side. It was sure. collectively we were really, really close. Like if I saw any any of those actors now, 
Mm-hmm. I would walk up. I mean, they may not recognize me, but I would say I'm Jody. You know, I would love. Joe Rogan used to say, "Jody, I'm gonna make a show," because Joe would always do the stupid stuff, like Fear Factor. Mm-hmm. That would, mm-hmm. that's Joe. Yeah, that's yeah. His personality. <laughs> that's who he is. He loved it. And he'd say, "I'm gonna make a show, and it's gonna be called Joe Gets Paid, and it's gonna be a bunch of people doing a bunch of really stupid stuff." And he did it. <laughs> and he did it. And he did it well. That is so funny. <laughs> you know, wow. You're the second person I've heard that from. I think I think it's mentioned very briefly on one of the commentaries, and I like having it confirmed that it's very that is uh, that's some forward <laughs> thinking, is what that is. That is making shit happen. <laughs> yeah. oh. Joe gets paid. That's remarkable. Do you? Um, I want to dig into some of the specifics of props, and if you don't remember something, obviously feel free to tell me. But since you rewatched the pilot. Um, I, you know, from what I know now and having thought about it a little, uh, I, I know that you wouldn't have designed the logo that would have been art department, but do you know who designed the logo came up with the fonts and stuff? And then I want to talk about how that all got put together and turned into a couple mugs. Roy Christopher was the production designer and, uh, Roy, I think, was Roy? I think so. And then I think it turned over to Michael Gallenberg. Okay. I believe Roy was the production designer, and Roy was, and I, 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 and I'm almost certain of it because there was one thing that Roy said. Because you remember, like the front of the um, the the broadcast booth, and mm-hmm. it had that little bit of a half circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were in, we were watching a run through or something. I don't know how it came up, and Roy said, "Well, Jody, circles are funny." <laughs> wow. <laughs> And in his design concept, he would have like a little bit of a circle. And I guess, you know, when you think about it, a circle doesn't have an angle. It's a little more inviting. Yeah. You know, a little more open. It's art. Um, So I believe it was Roy that came up with that. In terms of the logo and the typeface, Mm -hmm. that. I, I would guess it was Roy, but uh-huh. I can guarantee you that Paul Sims had a very, very, very specific feeling for what right. that was supposed to be. Right. Like Paul, Paul's a great guy, but Paul, what, like when Paul, and that's what makes him it's so good at what he does, is mm-hmm. because he does care about those specifics. Yeah. You know, uh, I so I'm, I imagine it was probably Roy and Paul that came up with that. Do you, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure the mugs, you probably made a giant order of mugs using the logo or whatever, but there's also, so this is something us us prop nerds have talked about before. So there's the space mug, fortunate enough to have one of those, fortunate enough to have one of the standard yellow mugs, which I love, but there's that stone brown mug from the first season that is definitely in the pilot. Do you know <laughs> where you got them made? Do you know anything about it? You can feel free to say no. <laughs> Wish I had a picture of it. Um, I know. I wish I, I, I had it popped. If up it was there. for the pilot, mm-hmm. and did it say WNYX on it? Yeah, yeah, and they lasted throughout the first season. I think mixed oh. in with with these fellows. Oh, it's the same. See, now it's 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 one of those things people don't notice as much because this is the one everybody thinks of, the yellow one. Right. I imagine. I, I mean, I probably didn't. Unless they gave him as, no, they wouldn't have done that then. Um, I probably made it, for the pilot, honestly, I probably made a half a dozen of them. Mm -hmm. I probably bought the mugs at like, you know, 
Bed Bath & Beyond or Macy's mm -hmm. or something like that. And Paul probably liked the, the shape of them. And then we probably did vinyls. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did vinyls on the mugs. And then uh, when we went to series, I probably had them printed up. Okay. My guess. Um, With a, a local vendor, I'm sure. That makes sense. Do you... <laughs> okay, so since you didn't watch this specific episode, maybe you did. Uh, the Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor episode. I want to talk to you about that. Do you remember that one? Because if not, I've got something I can pull out and show you. So... Uh, there's an episode. <laughs> there's an episode where Phil Hartman reads a bunch of ads for Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. This okay. is not this is not screen used, but it is. Uh, Mike Mike Reisner uh, sold this to me kindly. Um, it's this <laughs> bottle of malt liquor. I've recreated it since because wow. I'm a giant nerd, um, so I have a better one that isn't smeared and smudged. Um, does this? Uh, do you have any idea who would have done this initial design? Who put this? This is the only real real prop like that I have other than the mug. Um, so does it, does it in any way uh, seem familiar? I guess There was a graphic artist that I used okay. a lot. Um, her name was Barbara and she worked at NBC graphics. Okay. Oh. And at that time she just, there was a great shorthand between us and I would say it should look something like this or that. Mm -hmm. And my instinct is, that um, she probably did a few iterations and I probably passed them back and forth with Paul. Makes sense, makes sense. You know, but that's that, at that time I used her a lot. She's no, when she left NBC Graphics, I, mm -hmm. you know. Do you happen to know her last name? You don't have to say it on the show, but do you happen to know her last name? I just want to do some digging. I got more people I want to interview, <laughs> you know. Uh, I can, I could, dig through some memory banks and that would be i mean that'd be wonderful no pressure go through course, some of the cobwebs in my head and figure that out <laughs> hey you uh, know with with a long career a successful career there's there's a lot of stuff to remember alan did you have a question i'm sorry uh this is another uh specific thing so if, if it's been too long don't worry it's okay about it. i have but a lot I of specifics just, too that's so. all right uh <laughs> uh the the cane episode particularly <sighs> at the end there were like 10 different canes that bill throws in uh do you remember where you got all of those by any chance or the canes they were all different yeah the canes <laughs> were probably a combination of three prop houses that i got them at okay okay uh, because keeping in mind at that time it was like ordering things online and flying them. We didn't have time. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I mean, news radio shot on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I was also working on Larry Sanders at the same time, which we oh, shot wow. on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's so crazy. I was going back and forth. So, so, but at the time, you know, we, it wasn't like I could go, like now I would say, oh, well, yeah, I went to fashionablecanes.com, right. got FedEx shipping, and they were here by Friday. We, we didn't get to do that. So it's kind of easy for me to remember so mm -hmm. um, I would say it was probably a combination of Ellis Mercantile, which was a prop house that was over on La Brea and Beverly. It's no longer there. The Ham Prop Room, which is on Venice and Fairfax, and ISS, which is out on uh, um, out in Sun Valley. Oh, okay. So I oh, probably okay. brought canes in from all over. Now, did we throw or break any of them? One of them is snapped in half, yes. Okay, so that one then... Um, I probably brought the ones in from the prop house and they 
and then Paul picked the one that he, or Phil, whoever picked the one that they wanted to snap, or Tom, our director. And then I had those manufactured. And if that was a big effects show, our effects guy might have done it. And I honestly mm -hmm. don't even remember who our effects person was. Do you have? You, a you know what? That's a very good question. I haven't thought to even ask because I've been. So Honest to God, my blinders have been on for wardrobe and props. So we've interviewed Llewellyn and then the whole time been like, we just need to get Jody on the show. So um, but to, the effects that, yeah. guy, I mean, was mm -hmm. I'm sure that he took part in it because mm -hmm. I that's my feeling. Yeah, is that because if it was we did a lot of effects on that show for sure, So I'm sure that they collaborated with us. On that. Um, do you remember the Goofy Ball episode at all? It's just a yellow ball that says Goofy Ball on it that they're throwing to each other like a hot potato. Really? Yes. Okay. You want to know where I made that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to know if you have any idea where you got it or, or you know, again, I'm if you sure don't remember, I didn't you know. buy it, I'm sure it was mm -hmm. a yellow ball that I probably got at Toys R Us or. Sure. Um, one of the many other stores that were still in existence uh, mm -hmm. that no longer exist. Oddly. Right. Uh, and that, again, probably had NBC graphics or a prop house or our painters even do a spray vinyl on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. There's a really good prop. There's clearance issues with real stuff. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things uh, that people don't often think about which is why i know they're always greeking stuff or you got to create your own thing although i noticed at the time one of the clearance issues nbc they have a policy now if you mention a domain name on the show right they have to purchase it ahead of time so that nobody yes. else can nab it that obviously did not happen with this show because there are a few things that, that they never ended up nabbing um oh, there is there is sorry yeah, that's interesting yeah, there's uh, scopenet.com, which is freakzilla at scopenet.com is an email that is mentioned on the show. Uh, I don't own it, but they have given us the email address at least. So so that's how people reach us at the very stupid email address. Um, Jen, who unfortunately has not come in yet and may not be able to for this episode, did mention there's a whole episode about props where Jimmy thinks he's got uh, original stone tablets from the Ten Commandments. He thinks he's got the original sword from Sound of Music. He thinks he has George Goober Lindsay's skull. He thinks he has Rosebud, but it's a rose bowl is what it says. There's a lot of props in that episode. Does that one ring any bells with you? No. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, like, I, I feel like the biggest loser, but it's like, nah. No, you're honest. That's fine. No. <laughs> I mean, I wish it did. And I... Mm -hmm. and I, I you know, I'm sure that I scrambled a lot. Sure. Like last minute, very last minute. That kind of stuff, sounds right? to me like they're, oh, wouldn't it be funny to have, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that's uh -huh. always my favorite. And it, that that's the thing about sitcoms and the rehearsal process, you know, that um, with a sitcom, it's, it's like I always say when I'm working on a sitcom that, um, like, I'm a person who, who tends to like Google map her day the night before. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. not during the pandemic because there's really not a lot going on. Yeah, right. But <laughs> in general, I'll go, okay, I'm going to start here and then I'll go there because I'm also in my car a lot, you know, and I'll go here and I sort of have this flow of a day, okay, mm -hmm. in my head and know where I'm going in the morning because I, I do have a lot to get done. And when you're on a sitcom, I say that I am owned by that mm -hmm. company for the course of the day 
and it's basically in today thank you it's it's like um it's it's my phone ringing or a text during rehearsal they need this they need that um betty wants this sally wants to use that and we need it all for run through at 2 30. so my google map kind of goes out the window because it's like okay let me get that back to you so you can work with this let me do this and in the in the days of news radio it was the days of a pager mm -hmm. and the funny thing was is my assistant on news radio was a woman named denise donor and she um, and my assistant on uh, Denise works with another one of my old assistants, Hardy now. And Johnny France was my assistant on um, Larry Sanders. And they had they would go like into the office if I was like bugging one of them too much, mm -hmm. and they would say, "Well, just text her with a nine one one and get her out of here." So that they would like one would get me to leave to go to the other place. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. That's remarkable. Because they just, they were like, you know, they were over it. Um, but, uh, you know, and the overlap was, it was like, because they, they shot off seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, news radio was a fall show and Larry Sanders was a summer show. So it was like a two to three week overlap, but they would do it a lot during that two to three weeks. Because it was just like, get her out of here. Um, but, um, so... At that time, you know, if they, they wanted to sort of spitball and come up with a spontaneous idea, it, it was definitely uh, more stressful. I was, cannot it, imagine. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't a way where they could say, you know, like now if somebody texts me and said, you know, we, we need, you know, 100 green donuts. Okay, how much time do I have? You know, they, they could right. text me right. and if they said 40 minutes, Okay, great. I'm going to go pick up some plain donuts and I'll get some green icing, lay out the tables. And by the time I get back, everything is set up and we have four people standing by and icing the donut and boom, there you go. Mm -hmm. But then I couldn't communicate that. Like the right. major. Yeah, right. right. You, you just that know was, they need and, you. Yeah. And if you, if I had to stop and to at a pay phone, then is that a good use of my time? Or sure. I just like keep going and get back there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you, uh, for okay, let's let's talk a little bit. You, you did present us with the beautiful Titanic cup. Um, uh, Brian Kelly came on. He has a plate. I think it was Brian Kelly has a plate. Um, do you remember what it took to get those made? Uh, that whole episode is just uh, a prop and wardrobe extravaganza. So I, yes. I'd like to know uh, you remember that. Episode. Oh, I didn't realize. Look, looks so good. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I didn't, okay, I remember getting these plates. These plates, like, I think match the research. Mm -hmm. And I think I got this set of dishes at Bargain Fair, which mm -hmm. is right at Beverly. They're still there at Beverly and Fairfax. And they used to carry these dishes. And then I'm, I'm, I'm touching this so I can see if this is vinyl or if I had these actually made more professionally. Mm-hmm. And you know I can't really tell, but my instinct is I didn't have them made professionally, mm -hmm. um, and that it is a vinyl. Good. I know that Lou Morton, uh, he's got a plate, and I remember him saying, "Hey, look, this one's a sticker." So I know that he 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 at least could feel a sticker on his plate. So maybe yeah, I'm pretty sh yeah. This is a sticker because I just um, yeah, the A is peeling. Uh, yeah, so it's a sticker. So basically, this I'm sure it was again an NBC graphic to Hey Barbara. Can you, the plates are real. Mm -hmm. And then can you just do this sticker on here and on here? 
Yeah. That's so great. How many, uh, how many props from that show have you kept? This is it. That's it. That's great. <laughs> I was just wondering because the amount of stuff you work on, I imagine Keeping you know, stuff if you kept, be... kept stuff, it would probably be problematic without a warehouse. Uh... You, you, you get, um, you know, by the end of a show and the end of a, a season, you, you oftentimes you don't have a lot of time to wrap out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's problematic. And you're kind of done. Yeah. You just want to get rid of it. And a lot of the stuff is not owned by me. It's right, a private right. company. So you have to do a pretty tight inventory. And you know, and some people maybe don't do as tight of an inventory. I do a tight inventory because frankly I want to work. Sure. And if my inventory is not good and I don't you know, it's just not worth getting in trouble over. But yeah. um so like that and there's like a few things like I have a big fortune cookie when I worked on Let's Make a Deal. Like just a couple <laughs> stupid things that I keep, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I have something from Transparent that I kept, and mm-hmm. you know, some things from Weed. I mean, there there's certain shows where you just hold on to certain things. Like I have uh, some Hey Now buttons and uh, just. Like weird things, like Celia Hodes when um, from Weeds when she ran for office. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just and I come across them. I'll clean out a drawer and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Especially now, I'm coming across a lot of stuff that I apparently I kept more than I realized. But you don't keep that much, and or I don't, and because yeah. there's nowhere to put it, and it's kind of not mine, right? You know, and news radio. I mean, the last season was obviously going to be the last season i think wasn't that the last season was that the first season without phil wasn't that the last it, season? yeah, yeah was, exactly yeah. They, yeah. they built it for the possibility of a season six but you know i, I don't yeah I, it was it was a. it's weird now that i think about that and um and i worked on transparent where we had to end um and i think of how both paul and jill solway handled endings mm-hmm, like yeah. that with characters that had to um well phil had passed away and jeffrey wasn't allowed to be on the show but mm-hmm. how they both so artfully handled the grace and dignity and sustaining that character within the bodies of the finales for fall it was a final season and for jill it was you know the the musical finale so mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to do did you uh you seem to have some memories of, of building Joe Gorelli's insane props. And yeah. uh, we won't ask you to comment on our running um, sort of funny, goofy fan theory that he might be a serial killer because he's got his own van and who knows what he's doing in there. But um, I'd like very much to know where you got the chunks of props. Because I'll tell you, the Gorelli 5000 or whatever it was, there's one that looks like it's a PC with a, a speaker on it, like a PA speaker and an oscilloscope on the front. I want to know where you got all this insane stuff. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, where did I get it? I, I think I spent a lot of time at Amatron Electronics getting okay. parts. Um, and those kind of things, those those Gorelli scopes and the and the the the, the Joe Gorelli isms, Paul was really fun with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, you know, like 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 Paul. Paul's not like a sharper image guy, 
you know, mm -hmm. Joe Gorelli wasn't, you know, Joe Gorelli was like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, oh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to turn it into a microphone, you know, mm -hmm. and then he would just do it. So, so it was kind of fun because you just kind of, and then you would just like do it messy. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like all clean and polished. It was like, so, Paul, you know, Paul probably said something like, I don't know, take some PVC pipe, find a, a microphone. What about a mega? Oh, yeah, let's use a megaphone. Okay, great. And then how about a bunch of gaffer's tape? You know, I, I mean, not gaffer's tape. We would use duct tape. Sure, yeah. Because that was very gorelli. Gaffer's right. tape was very film and TV. So yes. it was probably, and most of that stuff, I would do like that. And at times, you know, I mean, depending upon how, um, how high function you know, I, if I remember correctly a lot of them had to light up a little bit didn't they? yeah yeah sure. um and so that I would get like more expertise than myself like I wouldn't I'm I there are so many amazing prop masters who will go and tinker in their garages and do that and I'm not that person but mm -hmm. I do know where to find the people like I know how to tell them what I want right and I know that they can execute that better than I especially to work repeatedly on camera Right. With a um, sorry, go ahead, Alan. No, I was just saying. Uh, so when you complete the prop uh, for like Gorelli Five Thousand or whatever for for Joe, do you look at it and you go, "Okay, that's that's Joe. It's done." Or does, when do you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's like an identity, like Joe Gorelli. It's mm -hmm. like you know, I I would say Joe Gorelli was. Uh, fifty percent Paul Sims. Well, mm -hmm. but then no, 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 no. Forty. You know, it it changed yeah. as Joe grew, but yeah. it was it was somewhere between I would say, yeah, forty percent Paul Sims, thirty percent Joe Rogan, and and thirty percent me. Maybe I don't know. Just <laughs> because. I mean, I made it, so I, I think right. I at least get some percentage. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but I think that the the you know the major shareholder would be Paul Sims, mm -hmm. and Joe loved it. I mean, Joe like which is uh, I mean, Joe was super easy. He was like you know there was nobody on that show that was particularly difficult. Right. right. Nobody was difficult. Everybody was was really um, lovely. And, and Joe was really fun with it, you know. Joe wasn't, he, th there are actors, like Phil had very specific ideas about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think, okay, there was a sketch, the sketch in Titanic. Mm -hmm. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I believe Phil Hartman did that sketch for us. Didn't even think about that, but wow. <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense. He was a graphic artist, so. Gra and I feel like... I know he did some sketches for me for some episodes, and it might have been that one. I'm not oh. sure. Like, don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but... He, he may have been instrumental in that. Where, but, you know, so where Phil is had, that now? That's Phil had more ideas about how to, you know, things that Bill McNeil yeah. wanted. Um, and then the rest of them... I mean occasionally but not really you know it mm -hmm. was you know joe rogan was the one who who was like like the heavily propped character on that show uh -huh. and it was just fun you know we just had fun with it it wasn't like yeah, i didn't stress up over how to make the gorelli 5000 because paul always had an idea 
Yeah. You know, Paul like, never went just, there's been shows where they said, I don't know, go ahead and do what you think. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in the right way. Right. Like, well, you know what I think is good, but it's like, you know. Yeah, you want some kind of guidance, at least in terms of like, well, what if I give you absolutely the wrong thing? Then where do we start? Like, well, where do we even go from there? And that that can happen. I mean, you know, and that's why right. for me, I I start with the hardest thing first, mm-hmm. and then I work backwards. And because I'm not like, I, I, I'm wired in a way where I don't like those kind of surprises, and I don't want to surprise a writer, a director, an actor, a producer right before we're going to shoot it and say, oh, this is what we have. So I, you know, would put myself under more, I would front load on the stress factor to Mm -hmm. get that, that kind of a, uh, a manufacturing of a prop or something like that to get that because it's going to go through three or four iterations before you get it right. Like that. And that's also the other thing that I assume is it's, you know, nothing's going to be right the first time. I mean, unless it's a pencil. Right. right. You know. <laughs> you know, hey, you never know. What if it's the wrong pencil? Do you have did you have do you have binders like this but for props? Was that part of your process at all? Hmm. Um uh, you mean on a weekly basis? Yeah, like yeah, for the show cuz I mean, you know, they've got these that I don't know if if Llewellyn put together together or her assistants did it, but just, you know, with a just a quick polaroid of everything that was that you put together yeah no um uh uh we at the end of the season we would do at the end of each episode there would be the script Mm -hmm. there would be our polaroids and at the bottom of the polaroid it was like you know episode you know 201 scene seven Mm -hmm. and there would be the polaroids there would be the script there would be my breakdown Mm -hmm. because i do a breakdown for every episode Sure. And and um, yeah, and then that would go into a Manila envelope, and then at the end of the season, there'd be a banker's box of episodes one through twenty-five or whatever, however many we did in mm-hmm. that, and that would be all of our continuity stuff. That that's how we would keep it, and then there would be a prop inventory that was separate that I would do up, and it would correlate with the boxes that went into. Is it. that something Brillstein oh. has then or had? <laughs> At the end of the season? Yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny because Brillstein or NBC. Yeah. Because I don't remember who actually owned the show. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm i digging only because the reason I have these and the reason I'm going to be scanning some people's scripts and digitizing some cuts of shows, I'm trying to archive as much of the show as possible. So if I can find out where those are just to scan them, I'm I'm going to. So, that you know, it's always good to know. And I always I'm like one, to know these Tony things. Tony Carey might know. I need to ask him. He and I, I'm trying to get him on the show, I'm trying to convince him to do the show. He's, uh, he's, you want me to shoot him a text and kind of stalk him? I mean, him uh, sure, I wouldn't. Yeah, why not? I mean, I you know, it's, it's worked Tony. before. They Nothing gives Foley me greater show. pleasure than to bug Tony <laughs> Carey, so I'm happy. <laughs> he's a delight of a man, and I think he'd be a very good interview. Um, he'd be a uh, really good interview, but he may know um, either that or he'll just give you the, I don't know where the shit is. Like, right, we'll just course. be like, come straight. Of course. You know, um, <laughs> like, I honestly, and, and like, I don't remember who owned the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Brillstein or was it NBC? 
that's, you know, I'll tell you, I've emailed a little bit of everybody and you know whose email uh, nobody wants to return? A podcaster's. So uh, I don't really get a whole lot of response. Um, so what I'd have to do is pretend I'm a foreign investor with billions of dollars to reboot the show and then they'd, they'd probably get back. That's how you got me on the show. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And as far as you know, as far as you know, I'm still a billionaire. That check is coming out. I swear to you. Um, Jody, uh, I appreciate you very much sitting down with us and talking yeah, thank with you us so ab much. about oh, our favorite thank show. You. And I'll shoot Tony Carey a text right now. That's very nice of you. Do you have anything? This is going to come out in a few weeks because we're kind of pacing these out because we're about at the end of the show, but uh, we're pacing these out. Do you have anything you want to promote? Anything coming up you want to tell people about? Does anybody have anything coming up that they want to tell me about? I know, right? At this point, like I you got know, you might... I, I mean, I um, I, I, I don't because I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. I that's was fair. like doing a pilot and mm -hmm. it got shut down. So mm -hmm. who knows what will happen with that? Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess we're all kind of starting from scratch a little bit. Except right. I did not. The one thing I, I and I don't have anything to promote because I didn't have an existing series. That was going to be coming back this year okay so gotcha. i um you know i as i said i did a lot of pilots last year sure um, which were super super good mm -hmm. but i don't know what will happen with them yeah in our new climate you know i don't know when we'll be able to be in the same room as a crew again i know this, this is about time i've proposed this before there needs to be a streaming website just for pilots at some point, like after a certain time, release them whether they get picked up or not. People still get a little bit of pay out of it, a little bit of something. I still think that should exist. Someone's going to steal that from me one of these days, and I'm going to be very angry about it. Well, if um, they may that may end up being on the fall lineup if they can't yeah, right. start shooting anything. You know, yeah, you might you know. be on to yeah. something. Do you? Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you one more question. This is totally. <laughs> who should I ask? about canes to figure out what the head of that cane is me so i've got hip dysplasia and i need a cane but i want a replica of that cane i've talked to other people who have similar problems and also love this show and they're like i need to find out that exact head of that cane because we you can't have a picture of that cane i do it's you know uh you know it's obviously terrible terrible uh screen captures but i can send them to you you know send them to me because I, you want me to find out where i got that cane i mean I like mean, i might be i might my guess mm. it was at a prop house but right I mean, right. it's not like I, and that that's really not a throwaway answer. It, it, but like, oh no, I know. And my hunch is that send it to me. I'll see what I can find. Because if I send, I I will bet there's a cane expert out there. Be like, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's a that's a cerulean eight thirty six head. Sure, I can get you one of those. You know what I mean? Like I swear it's gonna have. There's, there's, there's an identity to it that somebody could uh, latch onto. And, you know, as a, a halfway crippled person, it'd be good to have, you know, down the line. Something I really like. Not this cheap $2 well, cane I'm using. It'll be something that you like and something yes. that'll be useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one I like, I keep. So I'd love uh, to try to contribute to your cause. You're a delight. Uh, this has been so, so, so much fun. I really, I really so appreciate much. it. Thank you so much. And thanks for jogging my memory. So the okay. space episode was what? The third season? End of uh, the third season, yeah. Like the second to last episode of the third season. Wasn't it the final? I thought it was the final Well, episode. Injury was filmed before. Yeah, we don't count that. We don't right. count that. Is there anything else you guys want to recommend that I should watch and jog my memory? Every episode. Uh, well, so there's, there's well, I mean... It's it's tough because I, I'm going to be honest. Like, oh my god, as, why did I not ask you? Sorry, go ahead, Alan. Go, no, I was saying, as far as like this is, <laughs> might be my all-time favorite show as far as props. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm honestly like, uh, so that I'd say just go back and watch them all. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is super, super sweet. I really appreciate that. Like, I, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, that that means a lot to me. Thank you. Season yeah, three, was... episode four, Arcade. My favorite episode. Why I didn't ask you about this, I have to ask you just in case you remember. So, a couple things. Uh, let me pull it out. So this is... Um, <laughs> This is my Lego recreation of that episode. Here's what an obsessive nerd you have here, okay? So there's a sandwich machine and an arcade game. I would like I know what the arcade game is cuz they've talked about it. But those crappy, upsetting, disgusting sandwiches. What did you do you remember making those sandwiches that he had to pull and tear like that? It looked like it was rubber, like a fake piece of meat. I want to if you have any idea. It's okay if you don't. My guess? Mhm. Mm if I have to who was eating it? Phil. Yeah. My guess is I probably use, because I don't, like, I'm using the same mind that I used then. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So my hunch is that, you know, fruit, the fruit roll-up things, mm -hmm. that you roll them out and it's like a sheet of dried fruit and it's a little gelatinous. <laughs> yeah. My gut is I use something like that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Because um, it, it's one thing that I've been trying to. I want to recreate for something, but I don't know what yet. Yeah, th that's that's it's one of the 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 one of the challenges of today that didn't exist then was like gluten free and vegan and sugar free mm. and la 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 because you know um, and to get that that's my gut, especially if it had to be edible. You know, doing right. that stuff and have it be edible like it's not rocket science. You just go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Just go up and down every aisle and go, oh, that might work. And mm -hmm. then you bring it back and we, we just experiment with it. So my gut is that's probably what I used. Okay. Okay. I had to ask. I can't believe it took me this long to get to it. I'm well, maybe I threw an Abba Zabba bar in there. I don't, I don't know. Oh or a big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you again. Um, thank you, guys. Thank it was really so a pleasure. Much. Everybody, check out Jody's work. Go to her IMDb. Visit something she's done. Oh, I Look, wonder what's on there. The I've problem. never loaded a million it. things. I you mean, have a lot. There's a lot. A Is lot. There? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Lot I should look. <laughs> I don't know how they get there. I like. I. I've never. Like I haven't put it up there. So. <laughs> well, I will tell you also, I know that uh, our co-host, Jen, who couldn't make it this week, is a huge fan of yours as well, and she would have loved to be here. And I know she had some other questions, which I may at some point just forward to you and be like, hey, do you remember this? Feel free to say no um, or make something up. Either way is just as good. Um, <laughs> make something up. <laughs> I, I'll make it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll lie. Well, I'm happy to. <laughs> there's just one thing left to say, Alan, and that is catch, catch you later, you later cakes. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big day today, Dave. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!